Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Hey, loyal podcast listeners. This is your host, Michael Smalley, wanting to remind you, check out SmalleyInstitute.com because you can go there and sign up today for free to the number one reason relationships fail online course. When you sign up, you will start learning immediately exactly why relationships get in trouble, whether it's marriage, parenting, friendships, business, doesn't matter because all relationships get stuck in a universal pattern, and when you don't know it, you fail. So sign up today at smalleyinstitute.com for the number one reason relationships fail online course. Smalley Marriage Radio. I am the aforementioned Michael Small of Smalley Marriage Radio. Today it is day 23 in a super special series that has wow. It yeah, I have absolutely loved this. 23 days in a row of podcasting. I've never done anything ever close to this in radio or podcasting or anything. So day 23, we're still in part two on how Jesus wants you to love others. And it's these 28 statements from Jesus that will transform your relationship. And today's statement is a biggie, which is why I've titled it, Be the Greatest of All Time. We're going to unpack a little Matthew eighteen fifteen, which is Jesus' statement on conflict. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses, you have won that person back. Today's statement and kind of what you're going to learn are sort of why is it important to confront? And then how can you do that in the, in the right way? But first, you got to hear this from John Ortberg, who actually, I believe, was in my father's youth group back in Minneapolis. So I think John, he's a great pastor. Brilliant. I, yeah, I love John. And I found this illustration from him. It, yeah, it convicted the heck out of me (laughs) because this is something I struggle with confronting. It doesn't mean I don't ever escalate because I'll explode or blow up from time to time. But My real issue most often is just being honest with others. 
And John went right to the core. Imagine picking your car up from the shop after a routine, you know, a routine tune-up, and the technician says, "Hey, this car is in great shape. Clearly, you have an autom- you are an automotive genius. You're taking great care of your car." But then later that day, your brakes don't work. You find out you are out of brake fluid. You could have died. You go back to the shop and you say, hey, what's up? You know, why didn't you tell me? The technician replies, well, hold on. I didn't, I didn't want you to feel bad. Plus, to be honest, I, you know, I was afraid you, you might get upset with me. I want this to be a safe place where you feel loved and accepted. Right? You'd be furious if that happened to you. You'd be like, dude, I didn't come here for a little fantasy-based ego boost. When it comes to my car, I want the truth. Or you can imagine going to the doctor's office for a checkup. The doctor says to you, hey, you are a magnificent physical specimen. You have the body of an Olympian of a god. You are to be congratulated for your health and wellness. Later that day, while climbing the stairs, your heart gives out. You find out later your arteries were so clogged that you're like one jelly donut away from the Grim Reaper. You go back, obviously, to your doctor, and you're like, uh, why didn't you tell me? And the doctor says, well, I, I knew your body is in worse shape than the than the Pillsbury Doughboy, but if I tell people stuff like that, they get they get kind of offended, and and it feels bad for business. They don't come back. I want this to be a safe place where you feel loved and accepted. You'd be furious again. You'd say to the doctor. When it comes to my body, I want the truth. Obviously, when something matters to us, we do not want an illusory comfort, right? We don't want the illusion of comfort based on pain, avoidance. That is what got me. Avoidance is really pain. Avoidance when it comes to conflict. We want truth, except when it comes to me. Oh, when it comes to me, yeah, I'm not so sure I want the truth. Winston Churchill once wrote, men occasionally stumble on the truth, but most of them pick themselves up and hurry off as if nothing had happened. Here's my question. How much does your soul matter to you? I mean, really? You know, one more scenario is imagine going to a church where you hear, don't worry if you mismanage your anger. Nobody here will confront you on that because we don't like conflict. Or don't worry if you hoard lots of money. Lots of us have lots of money. But we'll never ask you to give because then some people might get mad and leave. 
Or don't worry if you're passive in the face of injustice. We prefer passivity. We might talk occasionally about sin, especially sin out there. But nobody here will talk to you about your sin because then we wouldn't feel good. The goal is to walk out of this church feeling good. And the goal in your relationship, oftentimes, because you avoid conflict, is you just want this fake feeling of good. But if you're going to be the greatest of all time in your relationship, we must first understand verses 1 through 5 in Matthew, in Matthew 18. Jesus is dealing with the disciples' question of who is the greatest. Makes me think of Muhammad Ali. It's his immediate response to this that stands out to me personally. He calls to a child, which in the Jewish culture at the time was considered of little value, and says to his disciples, you want, you want to know who wants, is, who's going to be the greatest? Be like this child, the lowliest of lowlies. And, and this isn't about being worthless. It's about being gentle through humility when you confront. Jesus doesn't want us to fail at being unified as a church, a community, and in our most intimate relationships. And this verse, this statement is about unity and rejecting division in our relationships. If we don't humbly confront each other, then life becomes unbearable. Genesis 27, 41 through 45. From that time on, Esau hated Jacob because their father had given Jacob the blessing. And Esau began to scheme. I will soon be mourning my father's death. Then I will kill my brother, Jacob. But Rebekah heard about Esau's plan. So she sent for Jacob and told him, listen, Esau is consoling himself by plotting to kill you. So listen carefully, my son. Get ready and flee to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay there with him until your brother cools off. Good gracious people. This is right out of Genesis. Because we're constantly trying to teach you in conflict, take a time out first, cool down. Because in 45 here, in verse 45, when he calms down and forgets what you have done to him, I will send for you to come back. Why should I lose both of you in one day? Proverbs, you know, unresolved conflict, ignoring conflict becomes unbearable. Proverbs 19.13, a foolish child is a calamity to a father. A quarrelsome wife is as annoying as constant dripping. It is miserable. And then Proverbs really does lay it kind of thick in terms of, a quarrelsome wife, but I want to read these to you because I think they're good. I just want to emphasize, ladies, this isn't just about you. This is about being quarrelsome, period. So if the husband is this way, it's the same outcome. Proverbs 21, 9, it's better to live alone in the corner of an addict. Not an addict. That was weird. An addict as in the top of a house. It is better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. Proverbs 21, 19, it's better to live alone in the desert than with a quarrelsome complaining wife. 
So don't avoid conflict, but you you must still confront through the fruit of the Spirit. So you don't just get to freak out and yell at each other. Galatians 2.11, but when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. John 18.26, but one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off. How crazy is that? This one got me big time, this verse. It was like all of my avoidance tendencies came screaming out. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, hey, didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Man, those are those moments that I avoid when I think it's super awkward. You don't want to be like this. And what does Jesus expect? How does he want you to treat others? Humbly confront each other because relationships matter. Pursue harmony. Pursue it. Make it a priority. Romans 14, 19. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. A little later in Romans 15, 5, may God who gives this patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. There's that thing again, too, that we've been talking about during these 28 days. If you're going to confront, period, you need God. That's for people like me. If you're going to confront correctly, you need God. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful. Grow to maturity. Encourage each other. Live in what? Live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. Because when you obey him, you get him. Ephesians 4.3 Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. When confronting, if you're going to do it well, you need to accept each other's weaknesses. We're, look, we're all fallen. I say that all the time. For me, there's two kinds of people. There's normally dysfunctional, and then there's a much smaller percentage of the population that is specially dysfunctional. But we need to accept each other's weaknesses, give each other some grace. Romans 14.1, accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. So why does seeking peace and harmony matter? Well, those who seek to resolve disagreements are blessed. God blesses you when you make seeking peace and harmony important. Matthew 5, 9, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. It's one of those ways you know you're a disciple, that you know you're a follower, because you pursue harmony. You don't avoid conflict. And then when you do confront, you do it responsibly and with a loving heart out of obedience to Christ. James 3, 18, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. 
It's worth it. Pursue each other. Don't avoid conflict. Do it. As a result of the fruit of the Spirit in you, because you love Christ. Did you hear the news? Metro PCS is now Metro by T-Mobile. Now you get new plans with unlimited high-speed data all month long. All on the T-Mobile network. Check out the new Metro by T-Mobile today and discover the smarter way to get unlimited. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. During congestion, the fraction of customers using greater than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. And Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video streams at 4DP. Coverage not available in some areas. See store for details and terms and conditions. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. 